Slow down, flip us over, and celebrate. The Turn Turtles are here. Hello, everybody. I'm going to try to start this podcast while Matt is taking a drink so that he will not be able to speak on time. And then I went and talked too long. So now it's all okay. How's it going, Matt? Not too bad, Adam. How are you? Good. What are you drinking? It's just coffee. Coffee. Yeah. I have a tea. I'm going to stay awake till mm. 1 a.m. Why? I, I have no reason why. It's enjoyable sometimes. You do the you do do the one a.m. stay up sometimes. I know, but I don't think it's usually on a weekday, is it? <laughs> uh, it it is pretty random when I do it. I don't know. Oh, beats me. Right on. Probably has uh, some. Well, welcome once again to this here episode thirty-two, and we're going to today talk about the game. Cryo, which we had the pleasure of playing a week ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I think we both really liked it. Spoiler alert! Is that fair? I'm not going to tell you. You okay. have to wait. Well, okay. <laughs> um, apart from that, yeah. what's that? We played it on the twentieth. On the twentieth. Okay. You went and checked your your game record app. My BG Stats app. Yep. BG Stats. BG Stats. Worth everything. Uh, but apart from Cryo, what's been going on? I have played a bunch of games. So I didn't actually put it in my app. And I didn't with My City either when I played that game with Hannah. I didn't put it in the app at all, and I don't know why. But I haven't put pandemic legacy season zero in my app either and i don't know why but i've been playing that with buddy brandon and his friend scott and his friend scott two scots yep two scots or is it okay it's not one scott with the same (laughs) name no two scots two scots yeah so the four of us uh we started playing we played the tutorial mission which is pretty much just a regular old game Mm-hmm. And then we played the first, we played January, because in Pandemic Legacy, each game that you play is a different month, so there should be 12 games unless you fail, and then you play it again, and if you fail again, then you have to move on. Oh, uh, okay. So we just barely won the intro game, like it all came down to the flip of a card, and there was much rejoicing and we high-fived it was awesome right on first game so we will what day is it today monday we are going to play on wednesday again i'm pretty excited because that game is fun i haven't played pandemic legacy season one or season two but playing season zero i was just looking it up to try to remember what the seasons were because I don't I, I've I've actually played very little well I've played no Pandemic Legacy at all um, mm-hmm. there was a Pandemic Legacy the first one I don't think had a season associated with it did it? yeah it's season one it was season one? yeah oh, okay and then they did season two and then zero? 
Yep. Okay. And season one and two are both like current modern times? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, if you because this played, one is like Cold War, right? Yeah. If you played regular pandemic, then you should be able to jump into season one with without much trouble. I think season two just kind of expands on what one did. And then season zero is kind of like the precursor, the lead up to season one. So in pandemic, there's like diseases that you're trying to stop and inoculate the population against and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I believe, I don't know for sure, but the season zero is the unleashing of those. So then in, in this game, you're a bunch of spies trying to stop all the other spies from doing stuff. But yeah, it's very Cold War, Russia versus allies type deal. Yeah, and I was just looking at all the pictures of like the, the secret agent top secret things and stuff. And this oh, almost yeah. looks more fun to me than the other ones. That That's what I thought as well. I'm not a huge fan of Pandemic, the regular game. But season zero has like the theme is much cooler with spies and yeah. The gameplay so far isn't totally different. I mean, it is a little different. There's not um, diseases there. Outbreaks don't work quite the same. But I don't want to get into it too much to spoil anything. I don't remember exactly what's a spoiler or not. But I'll just say that I played that, and it has been fun. Cool. And I can't wait to play it on Wednesday. So going off of that, I played that, you know, I said with Buddy Brandon and Scott and Scott. And we had meant to play last Wednesday, but one of the Scots couldn't make it. So then Buddy Brandon, Scott, and I played Terraforming Mars, which I haven't played in quite a while. And it was Scott's first time playing, and Brandon owns it and has played it quite often. For some reason, nobody wanted to up the heat in the game, up the temperature, but we all went pretty gung-ho on oxygen and ocean placement. Guess how long the game took. Have you played this one before? Mm-mm. No? Nope. I think a, a decent game should be about two hours. If everybody knows what they're doing, then it, it should be about two hours. This one took almost four hours. Wow. And it was way too long. I don't know why. I don't know why it took that long. I think if one person had gone toward heat and raising the temperature, it wouldn't have taken so long. But we all just kind of wanted to get more points before upping the heat. So right. I think that was the reason. <laughs> I didn't end up winning. I think Brandon won. I don't remember exactly, but. It, it was way too long. It took us from 8 o'clock till midnight. And I was so tired by the end. I was, like, I was just like, somebody end this. End it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds almost terrible, I really, actually. I really like Terraforming Mars. It's a fun game, but right. four hours is too long. Yep. Um. Yeah, we played Cryo and No Thanks when you came over. Yep. You, Meej, and Hannah, we played that. So we'll talk about Cryo later. But what did you think of No Thanks? No Thanks was fun. Um, I don't know that it would be like a top pick for this kind of light game. Yeah, for filler 
for filler. I it, it, yeah. that's not like a knock against it. It's just sure. um it's fun. There's like yeah, there's no theme at all. It's just cards with numbers and you're trying yeah. to not get tokens. So uh, no, you won't yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I have no major thoughts about it. It was uh it's tough. Yeah. I'm trying to think back. It was tough to try to imagine whether or not taking the card was a good idea. Right. And like I I did find it rather punishing for such a light game. Like you take like <laughs> in the moment you can think, oh, maybe taking this is fine. And then like within one round of the your turn coming back and forth, you can be like, Well, I've probably lost this now. Like I really <laughs> shouldn't have taken that one card. And some of that's just familiarity with how the odds kind of work out and, yeah. um, you know, whether or not something's a good idea with experience. But there was a couple of games there were like, oh, maybe this is okay. And then, like, it was very obvious that I had, like, pretty much lost. <laughs> um, very not okay. Yeah, so it's very punishing for mm-hmm. uh, this kind of game, which is fine. It's short, yeah. so, Yeah. Yeah, that is the nice part about it. It's 10 minutes, if that. And I I think if you played it a bunch, you would get it, and then like it would be more fun. Because, yeah, the first time you play it, the first two times or three times, you don't really know what's going on or what's a good play or not. You're just kind of yeah. doing it. Figure that out. Um, after that, Hannah and I, I bought Odin's Ravens from Book Outlet, and they still have a few copies left. Uh, we got it for eight ninety nine, which is pretty good price. I think that's I don't know, that's about what I'd pay for it. I wouldn't pay much more for it. It's a two player game where each of you are a raven that Odin sends out to scour the land and report back the news to him. So what mm-hmm. you do is you have a. I haven't explained this before, have I? Nope. I don't think I'm even okay. aware of this one. I'm looking at it now. Okay, good, because I don't want to have to. Ex- I don't want to explain it on a podcast after just explaining it last week. So yeah, I wonder if yeah. Jess would like this one. Maybe it's a very fun two-player game, and it takes about twenty minutes to play. Mm-hmm. So you have a deck of cards that have uh, a land on the top and a land on the bottom of the card, and you'll there are five different types of lands. That can be like a river or mountain or a field or that kind of thing. And you flip over 16 of them. And you make sure that no two lands beside each other are the same. And if they are, then you just replace the card. And then you each put a raven down, one on the top and one on the bottom track. And your goal is to get all the way across the top and then back across the bottom. And the other player has to go across the bottom and then back across the top. And the first one to the end wins. In order to go on the land, you have a deck of cards and you can draw. And if you play the land that matches the next card that you have to go on, you go there. However, if there's two or more of the same land in a row, you go to the last one in the row. So if there are three woods in a row and you play a woods card, then you go all the way to the end of the wood. But also... Uh, You each have a separate deck of Loki cards, which will affect the card order or the card orientation or move you forward one and the opponent back one, that kind of thing to kind of mess with your opponent or mess with the the 
board. And mm-hmm. it was a really fun race game. What I liked about it was you have the separate deck. So you have a deck that you're drawing from to get the different lands that you can travel on. And there are eight Loki cards and you can always draw three cards in any combination. So if you want more powers, then you draw the Loki cards. But if you want more land, you draw the land cards to be able to move. So it was a lot of fun. We played it twice. I think we tied at one game apiece. But it's a nice kind of game that you could really put all the cards in like one small package and then carry it with you in your pocket. It doesn't have to be as big as the box is. The box is too big for the game. Oh, okay. But I really enjoyed it. And one thing I thought was really cool. At first, I, I was like, why is so much of the cards that we're holding the open sky as opposed to the land they're depicting? But then I realized it's because we're raving. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense when you go, oh, okay. Like, they're very, very beautiful cards. I think the, art, the artwork is great on them. Yeah. But it took me a minute to go, oh, that's why. It's because we're flying animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, so that's a pretty good one if you're near the book outlet. I think they have two or three copies left last time I was in there. So I think it's worth worth a buy. That looks good. I made yeah. the swing by. The last thing that I want to talk about, I played Magic the Gathering. For the first time in my life? Oh, really? I think so. I remember playing with Jordan years and years ago. But I don't think we actually played a game. I think he just had cards. And I bought cards to play with him. And then we never really ended up playing. Or maybe we did. And I I can't remember it. But we I played, played it a couple of times in uh, Alabama. Oh, yeah. No, I never yep. played down there. But what we did was a Commander's version of the game. Have you played Commander's? No. Well, I don't think so. I'm not sure what. Okay. Commander's if it's new, then no. I don't think it's too new, but it's not a duel anymore. It's like a player versus everyone. And we had five people playing. And your decks oh. are 100 cards instead of just the 60, I think. Oh, boy. You choose who you want to attack instead of just attacking the player that you're dueling with. And, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think magic is for me. I think there's there's a lot going on, which I'm fine with normally. But I, I'm not sure. It took a while. It took us about three hours to play a five-player game. But that's because everybody was having, like, uh, Mark, Greg, and myself had never really played Magic the Gathering before. So we were all new players learning. Mm-hmm. And Andrew and Angela had played it before. They played it all the time. So they knew what they were doing and what their decks did. But Andrew had pre-constructed three decks for us. Mm-hmm. So there were 100 cards that we had never seen before. So right. every time we got a new hand, we had to like read it and figure out exactly what it did. So it took quite a while. But I was having a lot of fun in the beginning. And then by the end, I got pretty sleepy. And it was, I think it was pretty obvious that I wasn't going to win. And it was a bit of player elimination, because if you get knocked out, then you're kind of done. But right. we, we knocked Andrew out first, because he was going to win. So it had a little bit of that munchkin, when someone is about to win, 
everybody attacks them instead, you know? Yep. yep. Which I I don't love, but it wasn't totally like that because it, it's not like everybody was throwing a monster onto your pile like you do in Munchkin. But everybody right, yeah. on their own turn was choosing to attack Andrew because he was about to win. So it's a little better than Munchkin, but not much. I think mm-hmm. a duel would be a lot more fun. The commander way to play, I think, is just silly fun as opposed to like any com- real competitive nature of magic. Right. Yep. But I got to play a deck that was based on mechs and vehicles, old artifact vehicles, which is really fun. And I was supposed to be supposed to get out a lot of pilots to pilot my mechs because I could put out creatures and I could put out vehicles, but I needed to put my creatures in the vehicles to attack with them or block with them and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty. And I think every deck there they did, they did something like totally different. Like Greg had big dinosaurs he was playing with and and uh Mark had dragons and I don't even know what Andrew had, but Angela had like lots of insects and spiders and pests and that kind of thing. Oh, okay. So, that was pretty fun. I I wouldn't um I don't think I'm going to go out and buy any. Although I might be tempted. Do you know the game Smash Up? Yep. So in that game you're taking two decks and you're smashing them together and you play with those two. Well, there is a Magic the Gathering version of that where you can just go out and buy a 20-card deck and then you buy another 20-card deck, but you don't know what what theme they are. So it could be detective Uh, cats or dinosaurs or whatever. And you you buy two decks each or you bring them from home if you already have them. You don't have to buy new ones. But then you just duel somebody for fun with the the cool new 40 cards that you have or whatever. Yeah, and I think that costs like ten bucks or twelve bucks to to buy two packs. I think that could be a lot of fun. It's just a lot of exploring and figuring out which twenty card pack you like. Mm-hmm. Plus, then you still get the fun of the gambling of Magic: The Gathering. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bust and open the packs. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or the gambling that they encourage children to do with Pokemon cards. Right. <laughs> That's about it for me. What have you been up to? Um, not a ton. We've had a bit of a pneumonia party over here. Um with Gross. illnesses and stuff, getting through the worst of it now, but uh that's been the last week at least. But uh we did play Cryo and no thanks, as you mentioned. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> in, the, in the notes. I wrote "Go fish, lol." Um, I think for, I'm not sure why or where they got this idea, but the other day my kids were asking to play like an old fashioned card game with like a deck of cards. Oh so yeah! I was like, okay, sure. So I pulled out the uh, Chevy Chase Christmas Vacation deck of cards <laughs> that I own, and we played Go Fish. Um, which was, you know, fine and fun, actually. Um, I'm not even really sure why I'm mentioning it, but, uh, it was fun and, uh, yeah, I guess you didn't win for a reason. Oh, I, I, I smoked them actually. (laughs) 
towards the end, I was just getting like, uh, I think they're called books when you have all four cards. Oh, okay. I got like seven or eight in a row, just like cleaning up towards the end. And they're like, what, what, what? And they just kept like, because you go again when you get a book, right? Um, So I really, yeah, I destroyed, as usual, I destroyed my six and four-year-olds in a game. <laughs> if, if it's called Go Fish, shouldn't all four be like a school? Yeah, the theming is poor. How did <laughs> that game even make it? <laughs> Go fish theme is pasted on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but then apart from that nonsense, uh, tons of chess lately, and uh, Nick of uh, the chess episode fame, um, who is exceptionally good. Uh, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen still, but on the off chance that he does, here's a shout out because he's been giving me a lot of help and like coaching even with some stuff, things that I wouldn't have thought of on my own and uh, some tips and running through some of my games and seeing what kind of dumb mistakes I made. So uh, that's been cool and enlightening. Um, So thanks, Nick. But that's about it for my weeks here. Dead air. <laughs> just, I thought maybe you dropped off. No, I'm just waiting for the host to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> My first day. We'll just take this out. Um. So with that finished up, I think we can move on and talk about Cryo. Uh, Cryo is a game with the theme of uh, you are crashed in a spaceship. Engine system failure. Life support. Offline. Oxygen levels low. Breach in cargo bay. Cryo chamber bay. Commander bridge. Emergency navigation system offline. Crash landing analysis. Calculating. Calculating. Prepare for impact. Cryo is a game for two to four players that pits faction against faction in a race to save the most cryogenically frozen people from the wreckage of a transport spaceship before the coldness of the inhospitable world freezes them again. Any people that weren't in cryostasis upon crash landing have made it to the caverns below the planet's surface and need to work efficiently to get as many pods as they can to the caverns, but only those of their own faction. In Cryo, there are three different areas that require your attention. The cavern area is a series of linked disks that have a cost energy to delve deeper and deeper into the caves, and a cost per cavern to store your pods there. At game's end, you'll get points for having the most or second most pods in each cavern. The second area is the surface of the planet. Your ship has broken up into four different sections, and conveniently, everyone's pods have been evenly distributed to these four sections. The third area is your personal player board, which will also act as your, as your engine in the game, building up your resources, vehicles, missions, and unique powers. Each player has three drones that they command, and they start on your player board. 
On your turn, you will move one drone to the planet's surface. This is the worker placement aspect of the game. Each spot the drones can land will often have an action above, below, and to the left and right of them. If all your drones are on the planet's surface on your turn, you'll have to take them all back and place them on your player board. Some of the actions of the planet's surface will be paying a cost to move a pod from the planet's surface to your player board, and some will be just moving a resource token to a slot on your player board. There are some, ac some other actions as well, including revealing new caverns and drawing or playing cards. Cards can be played as vehicles that you must use to get pods from your player board to the caverns, or as secret missions that will give you points at the end of the game, or as player powers to aid in your quest in rescuing pods. The player board is one of the coolest parts of the game. There are six spaces that you can return your drones to, and each corresponds to paying one resource and gaining another. What resources do you get, and which resources do you pay? This will depend on which tokens you pick up from the planet's surface and slot in. The game counts down to the finish each time someone brings their drones back to their player board. A face-down token is revealed to either be extra resources for the player or sabotage. An explosion One of my favorite parts. Oh, an explosion rocks that part of the planet and could end up removing pods from the game. What happens to the people inside? They're fine. They're totally fine. They just go back in the game box. <laughs> Should we start with my that problem? That was a great <laughs> summary. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful it's summary. Hard to read a long thing. That's good. All right. Should we start with my problems with the game or the things that I liked about the game? Uh, start with what you liked. All right. The production is gorgeous. I love the art, although it mm -hmm. may be a little busy at times. But like the, the art is very cool. The colors are great. Yep. The little drone minis are cool. It's definitely a box that you can put on your display shelf. Like the, the cover is beautiful. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. I thought the rules were fine. As written, we kind of... We kind of learned as we went. I watched a video on how to play beforehand, but then we kind of read through the rules. I think Hannah read them out loud, and we all tried to pay attention as best we could. Yeah. That's, that's how we learned. So the rules were pretty straightforward. I really enjoyed that. Um, I think it was, it's like the worker placement aspect is average. Like it's not anything crazy cool or mm -hmm. anything lame. I love that there are spaces when you go somewhere, nobody else can go there. It's not like everybody can go to the same same places. But there's always something for you to do. So if everybody else is on the board and you're the last drone to go on, there's usually three or four spots left to you and you don't have to like just not do anything or get stuck out of something. There's always something to do, but they're probably not the best spots. No, but if you want to get a better spot, you can at any time return all your drones. You don't have to wait till they're all out, right? So then um, you can kind of reset the player order in a neat way by mm. returning all your drones uh, at like an intermediate state. Which I was, I went first the whole game. I yeah, we didn't change it at all. 
and no one changed it, which is really good because I loved going first. I could I had my whole pick of the board the entire game, which is sweet. But you I know, do I, I do love that that you can choose to pull your guys back and change player order. So what about the worker placement makes it average or like I don't uh, know. I read I I I heard you as almost saying like unexceptional. Is there something you didn't like about? Um I yeah, I don't think that unexceptional means bad in any any way shape or form. Sure. If I think about a game like Kalis where if you don't get the spot that you want then it it's pretty detrimental. Like that's a pretty cutthroat worker placement game. Yeah. Or um, Raiders of the North Sea that we've played before. Like if you there, there's always spots that you can go to, but you're kind of hoping for that that one spot, and you can you kind of have that in this game, but not nearly as bad as Kalis. Like if you're out in Kalis, then you kind of have to like do something else entirely. But this one, it's a little more forgiving. Maybe you didn't get the resource token that you wanted, but there's three other resource token spots and they're probably okay if you you need to do that but also it's not entirely loosey-goosey like anyone can go to all of the spaces which is that a worker placement game or just an action selection game then at that point right so then, yeah i recall at least one or two occasions where someone was like seriously hampered i don't remember the exact details but Someone's plans had been, I think Hannah's had been like severely, <laughs> severely hampered because the spot she needed was not available. So that is probably there was a pretty good mix of cutthroat and also loosey goosey. Yeah, but, maybe, maybe closer to the end of the game because there's a few spots like you can store pods on the planet surface at a certain at a certain spot, and that will give you resources throughout the game. Yeah. But then. Like there's two or three ways to get them in, but only one spot to get them out again. So if you're you're battling with people to take up those limited spaces within that resource gathering area, but if you don't start getting them out quick enough, <laughs> then you might leave them on the planet surface there, which was odd. Yeah, odd I had a couple that I left in the uh, what was that harvesting area called? Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I, I had a it. couple that I left there, and you were all rather confused. But I had a bunch of cards oh, that gave me right. points for people that I abandoned. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they were like memorials or something. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Was... I I kind of thought the so I would have called it above average worker placement, and oh, I yeah. really liked it because um, the availability can change based on what people do right um the state of the game as time goes on changes dramatically because uh the sabotage that you alluded to uh quite literally like blows up sections of the ship (laughs) and removes all of the pods that are in that area and then what people want like that harvesting area versus other tokens also changes as the demand and availability kind of wane and wax uh, Mm -hmm. as the game goes so there's a lot of shifting between availability and what people want and what's available and what's not blown up and i thought that whole kind of 
moving system was super interesting. Yeah. And I, I refer to is the arc of the game. Like how it starts out, the middle and the end, like how it, it flows through each other. Yeah. Yeah. But that like that directly impacts the worker placement part because it changes what's right. available and what people want. Yeah, that's true. I can see that. What didn't you like? What didn't I like? Oh, I'm not there yet. Oh, okay. I love the player boards. Like yeah. in a lot of games, they'll tell you, okay, two sticks you can trade in for three wheat or whatever. You can trade two sheep for one ore, that kind of thing. But with the, the player boards have under each drone space that you can return them to is an empty slot and a down arrow and another empty slot. And as you move your drone out onto the board, you can pick up the resource token and place it into one of those empty slots. And then when both of them are full on one landing pad, when you return your drone there, you've decided what resources you're giving up and which ones you're spending. So right. some of the some of the tokens are like this can be an organic or a pink gem. But some of them say stuff like this is two pink gems. So if you go there, you got to make sure that you're slotting it into the, the right spot. So you could end up trading a pink gem for two pink gems if you've done it right. And you get to make your own engine. And I just I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. And I know it was cool because of how many times I messed it up. <laughs> um, but the potential there is very interesting with because there's there's more slots available than what you have drones. So uh, when you recall and you populate the areas that you want, you're now stuck with that decision. So mm. it's uh, an important one, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like the flexibility with it. So you can have several different types of resource trading. But then if you don't want to worry about gems this turn, then you just go to different spots and you're able to trade different resources for that. I think that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. The one thing I didn't like about the game is the theme. Now, I Oh, really? I, I have to... I have to, uh, I mean, caveat that I love space themes. I, I love that it's a ship that's crashing. The game, the rules give no explanation, but except that at the beginning, they say tensions mount aboard your colony ship. An anonymous act of sabotage goes awry and your vessel crash lands on a frozen uncharted planet in the distant reaches of space. And then they go on to explain about the planet's surface and being cold, that kind of thing. I have questions, Adam. <laughs> so you you want you want like Brandon Sanderson build up to this story. <laughs> I think it's important. They decided to put who is sabotaging this ship, first of all? Why are they sabotaging the ship? I mean Well, it was anonymous. I think it makes sense. It's anonymous, so then you have sections of people, groups of people, all suspicious of the other groups. I think people tend to like devolve into cliques when there's <laughs> a world of fear surrounding you. I buy it. Maybe. But this anonymous act of sabotage went awry. Can you tell me what the sabotage was supposed to do? 
and then it blew up the ship instead? Like, um, what's that? Okay, so you want... Okay, I'll tell you what it was. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> they were trying to only blow up the toilets because um, one group of people doesn't need to use them. Because that's where the poop is. Yeah. You don't want that. No. Okay, I'll buy that. So someone sabotages the toilets and that goes awry. Poop everywhere. Spaceship down. Yeah. Hits the planet. And instead of everybody working together to get the maximum amount of people to safety, I'm actively working against everybody else trying to get my own people into the caverns to safety and trying to destroy other pods. Right. Does that make sense to you? Uh, yep. A real Lord of the Flies situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the last thing that I, I thought of is why don't the people who are frozen in cryo survive the cold temperatures? They're batteries. already. What's that? Batteries. Oh, the life support batteries. Yeah. Oh, they're, okay. That, they're that they're decoupled from the ship. So now they're on uh, like you know, the reserves, and there's a clock there. That makes a lot more sense than your whole toilet explanation. (laughs) (laughs) I find them equally plausible. (laughs) I mean, I I would take almost any game in fantasy theme instead of space. And then if you had a fantasy theme and you had, like, your typical, like, orcs and dwarves and things, then you have, you know, natural hatred, which is what you're asking for. I guess so. Just some explanation as to why blue and green don't get along. But there isn't. No, they they just don't like each other. They don't like the other colors. All right. What what did you think? Um, I really liked it. I mm-hmm. liked, like I said, uh, the changing pace and the changing... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The Almost arc. anxiety? Oh. Like... The ramp up gets pretty intense. Like I think all we realize kind of all together, like there's like two rounds left that we need some serious stuff to happen here. Yeah. And then you have the risk of things exploding and blowing up your pods and uh, rapidly trying to put moves together and uh, getting your people out because think when the game ends, there's not another round, which I also really liked. Right. Um, it just ends dead stop. And that led to a really fun ending in our game, I think, because um, I think all of us but Hannah wanted this game to end immediately when we got to a certain point because she was close. She had a full ship. She was ready to send some stuff out. Um, I had gotten to a point where I was fairly happy with what I had and I didn't want to let her do stuff. So I was looking at what, you know, trying to blow up a thing or how do I get someone else's. There's a couple different conditions with everyone having their... all of a color is removed, I think, or yeah, someone's so every, pieces are all blowed up. Yeah, if your pieces are no longer on the planet's surface. So either all of one color is in the caverns or in the dead. In or in the, the dead. dead, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that ending was uh, tight and fun to mm-hmm. try to pull off. Um, yeah, I liked the theme. The drones were neat. 
Um, the wind conditions I also found quite varied. I actually did fairly well in this game, which is unusual. And um, I had a lot of players not rescued, and I had a bunch of uh, the cards, I forget what they're called, but cards that give you points for doing other things. And I had a lot of them. And I had cards for abandoning people, and I had cards for having like the second most number of pods in a cavern and a bunch of other things. So um, there was a, a, a varied sort of... Um, efforts across the different you know all of us trying to do not exactly the same thing to win um, yeah that that is another cool thing about this game the multi-use cards and i've i've really enjoyed that in games like glory to rome and innovation right where your cards can be several different things and in this game the majority of the card in the art was for vehicles and you had to have a vehicle docked at your player board to move your pods from your player board to the vehicle and then from you send your vehicle into the caverns they've got names i think they're all pretty much animal names it's like rhino and turtle and some of them have powers some of them hold more pods that kind of thing but then they can on the card on the left side maybe is our secret missions so if you put the cards off to the side for a mission then it'll give you points at the end of the game and on the top is a power so one of my powers was every time you spend an energy to go deeper into the cavern it counts as two energy which is yeah. was super fun. And I yeah. love the fact that the cards were different things. So then you get a card, you read three things, and you get to choose what you're going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, I don't know if I have too much else to say about it. Just a general overall. Out of um, eight turtle shells. Out of eight turtle shells, I would give this a... nice that is a little high I think I I would go with maybe a 6.65 okay yeah but really good game I'm gonna keep it and I hope you play it more and more yep I would definitely play it again nice okay uh that is going to wind up cryo and i don't think we have anything else on the docket here matt anything you want to address Uh, do you have concerns do you have um news you know i have concerns constant concerns okay let's hear it i don't i don't have any (laughs) i was just checking the email and we don't have any emails so that's it okay Well, that is going to wrap up episode 32, and we thank you for listening. Tune in every other week for a new episode. You can find Instagram and some Twitters and some other things in the show notes, and uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you. See ya. The Turn Turtles were here. That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in.